Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs, embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges. Over the past couple of years, technology has played a big role in keeping us all connected. Unfortunately, many seniors who either didn't have access or were uncomfortable using technology were isolated and unable to see loved ones. The Calgary robotics firm Radley Robots identified that there was a need to help seniors, even beyond the COVID-restricted world. CEO Savannah Radley is here to share how they're making virtual connections easier for people of any age. Good morning, Savannah. Good morning, Tara. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Very well. Glad to be here. Great. And hello. Good morning, David. Good morning, Tara. Uh, How is your coffee? Hot and delicious. (laughs) Perfect. Savannah, good morning to you. And, and, you know, uh, first thing I did is went on the website, uh, Radley Robots, and I couldn't find it. I was looking for a good picture of a robot, and what I see is a lot of, uh, you know, uh, screens, but I didn't see a good robot picture. So share with us a little bit more about what Redly Robots is all about. Sure. So I started Radley Robots because of my own uh, mobility challenge. Uh, I had spinal surgery a couple of years ago and discovered that there were certain things in the physical world that I couldn't do. I mean, I've worked in software for a long time, but software doesn't solve anything. So or it doesn't solve everything, excuse me. It solves some things, but not, not things in the physical world a lot of the time. So I started looking at robotics uh, and exploring what was out there and discovered that there isn't really anything that I, I could find to help me. As the, as the pandemic started to kind of gain pace uh, early in 2020, I discovered telepresence robots. And for those who don't know, a telepresence robot is essentially an iPad on a stick with wheels. And I thought, well, this is really interesting. This is an opportunity for someone to have a conversation through a video conference, but no one has to learn how to manipulate that video conferencing platform. What I started to hear from people in the sector was that seniors could certainly, I mean, they can use phones, but they can often find it difficult to make the rapid context shift from Google Meeting to Zoom to FaceTime. Asking people to learn one thing is fairly straightforward. But once you start to ask them to learn all these different things, it starts to get pretty confusing. So we decided to move ahead and get some telepresence robots through which we could deliver calls to people so that then if a senior was you know, in a residence and not able to, um, perhaps they're not able to hold an iPad, sometimes people are mobility challenged, they can have difficulties um, actually with things like the fingerprint sensors on iPads and phones. Uh, then we would book, essentially book a call with the family. And then when someone wanted to have the call, we would drive the robot over, over. So we would be at home or in an office, our employees. And then we would drive the robot over to that resident. And the family member can simply click a link from their own email or from like inside their phone. And they would come directly onto the robot to have the face-to-face conversation with their loved one. So no one has to learn anything new. No one has to drive the robot if they don't want to. Uh, And then they could have a call for as long as they wanted. And when it was finished, we would drive it back. So there are a couple of pictures of the robots on there. But we kind of, because telepresence robots, actually there are several different ones on the market. And at the time, 
we weren't 100% sure which ones we were going to be using. And, uh, well, we'll talk about it a bit later, but we're now going to start exploring different kinds of robots. So we wanted to concentrate on the fact that this is not really about a technology. This is about how do we connect people and how do we, how do we enable people to live more independently for longer. So you had the robots um, in a pilot project, in, which ended in June. And I really thought that you had an interesting approach on your website. You're really, really transparent about your pilot program, what was working, what, what wasn't working. Why share that with the public? You don't often see people being so transparent about a pilot project. Wow. Well, that's kind of a... So why I did it is because I think... It's first of all, I think I wanted to highlight the fact that that um, while some of that, uh, some of this, some of the things we learned, but I hadn't mm-hmm. realized before I started this that that Wi-Fi is not offered as a standard thing to residents in our facilities. Nowhere has Wi-Fi in, in nursing home facilities, care nursing facilities, homes, care facilities, independent living, long-term care. Virtually none of the public funded of the publicly funded facilities in Alberta have Wi-Fi available as a matter of course to residents. Oh. They all think they have Wi-Fi because they're using their phones or they're using their tablets and they don't realize that they're actually using data on data plan. But they don't have Wi-Fi. And so mm. when I like that's one of, as one of the things that we learned, I thought first of all, um, there's a great desire to, to incorporate technology and to say, okay, let's go. Here's all this technology we're going to use. But we have to fix some fundamental issues first. There's no point to me putting in a fleet of robots if, if they're just going to sit there because there's no Wi-Fi to drive them around with. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the, same, it's the same for things like, you know, the Amazon Astro has now hit the market, which some people may have seen. That requires Wi-Fi as well. You might spend $1,200 on it and then put it into a, into a residence, and it's simply not going to give the results that you expect. So <laughs> partially, because it's good to highlight those sorts of things for everyone, everyone's really surprised all the time when I tell them that. I'm like, no, there's yeah. no Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is that uh, we discovered a lot about how people um, – how people interact with robots when it's not in a research setting. Canada is, is very uh, well supplied with pilots and with research. Um, and as a matter of fact, what I've heard some individuals say in, government, in the sort of government sector is that Canada is actually known as the land of a thousand dead pilots because we have a lot of pilots and nothing gets into market. Making well, why is that? Why is that? We're trying to figure it out. I would love it if somebody could help me understand why that is. But we run an awful lot of research projects and pilots, but so much stuff actually never comes into market. And so we, we had really wanted to try and say, okay, what happens if we just take some robots and invite people to work with them and try and understand, you know, what are the obstacles? What's it like in the real world, not in the university setting? And I think, you know, first of all, we discovered those infrastructure problems. Secondly, we discovered the great extent to which people need to feel autonomous. I think, you know, we had this idea that, that oh, we could provide a service and everyone's going to take the service like they might, they might, you know, use Uber, like Uber for robots. 
you know, would, would we be able to do that? But we had underestimated just how much people need to be independent and to be able to do things, things themselves. And if you think about, you know, we have a toddler, and as soon as the toddler can stand up, they're going to say they want to do it themselves. And this is an impulse that stays with us our whole lives. So it doesn't go away for older people. And so there's a lot of movement around, you know, age tech and how can we enable people to live people at home to, to live at home for longer. And I think I thought it was important to to say to people, yeah, you can you you can be at home for longer, but the only way people are going to be happy about that is if they truly can be autonomously at home for longer. It's not enough to have, you know, a home care person coming in for eight hours a day because none of them want that or very, very few. I don't want people Savannah, to do for me. Savannah, we have about a minute before we have to take a commercial break. How was it, accept, how was it, how was it accepted, the, the pilot, by the, uh, I would say, senior citizens that you kind of uh, involved in the project? So there were about 80 residents in the facility, in one of the facilities we were in. I think we had a core group of about 30 people who I think grew to certainly grew accustomed to having the robot around and would interact with it, speak to it. Some never did. Some never wanted to speak to it. Um, but there were some who did. And then there were particularly family members actually really liked it. Those people who would live at a distance, who don't get to go to the facility very often because they live in BC or somewhere else, they really liked it. And the other thing they really liked was that after a while, we gave them the option to drive the robot themselves. And that's what they really liked. Savannah, uh, we, we have to take a commercial break. Our guest today is Savannah Radley, CEO, Radley Robots. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is sponsored in part by Canadian Western Bank. Obsessed with your success. It's time to partner with a bank that sees the world the same way you do. Visit cwbank.com. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs, embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges. And we are back with our guest, Savannah Redley, CEO of Redley Robots. Tara, you have a question. I, I've got a few for Savannah. I mean, she's got lots and lots of entrepreneurial tech experience. I got lots to ask. Um, Savannah, I am wondering about the Radley Robots and where it stands at this point with the service. So what is it that people can actually rent or buy from you and how do they do that? So anybody who would like to rent a telepresence robot for use, and this can be used in any office or facility we'd recommend, or in the home is possible too, you can simply go to uh, and or you can email me, savannah at radleyrobots.com, and we can arrange that. I am offering uh, quite a low rate, and when I say low, probably about $300 a month to rent a robot that you, your family members, your staff members can drive all around any Wi-Fi enabled area. Okay. Interesting. Um, so there is something I saw in your bio that I want to kind of elaborate a little bit um, and that you're involved in the Calgary technology ecosystem more than just uh, readily robots. Um, and what do you see 
in Calgary, as we try to diversify as an economy, what do you see um, the potential growth of the technology ecosystem to help us diversify? I actually have a great deal of hope for it now. So I've been a part of the Calgary scene since 2006 when I moved here. And I would say that uh, up until probably about 2018, there were a lot of attempts to, to let's say, push the wheel forward um, that, that were very, it was very slow, very slow progress. But really in about 2018, things started to take off. And I think an awful lot of the effort that's been put in both, you know, but from the government, from uh, private, private individuals and organizations, all of that is now starting to bear fruit. And we're starting to see that with things like Amazon deciding to build a center here. And I understand that there's going to be another couple of accelerators coming here from the U.S. All of these things, I think, are starting to really move the needle. David mentioned you've had 20 years in the tech industry. We did an interview earlier with um, Kylie Woods, who's with Sheet Geek. And so yep. she was telling us, I mean, they're, they're trying to solve the gender diversity problem in technology. So I'm, I'm curious about your perspective on this. It, you know, Kylie was telling us about how the stats are showing that women are leaving the industry. They're not actually enrolling in the STEM programs in university. Well, that's on the decline. Have you seen that trend? What are you seeing in the industry? Well, I would actually say that I don't want to disagree with Kylie. I know Kylie. She's, uh, I've known her for years. Um, and I think uh, I'm sure that, that the stats are right. If, I mean, if people are, are enrolling less, that's really, really unfortunate. I probably don't always see it because in Alberta, we actually have one of the highest percentages of, of businesses to, you know, established by women um, in North America. I don't know what it is about Alberta. But, but, yeah, it's, it's a pretty high percentage, like 30% of businesses started here are actually started by women. Um, Specific to tech, tech or just overall? No, that's, that's in tech. And mm, I, okay. I don't really know why uh, that's the case. But um, in general, I think, I think it's easy. It is easy for women to be sometimes discouraged. I think uh, sometimes certainly people might feel at a disadvantage, and, and it is for those reasons that I'm, so I'm also a part of the Canadian Women's Network, and I'm also, I, you know, I, I do some mentoring at Haskane because I think it's important for um, anyone in, anyone who's younger in the field to see, to see women, you know, in more senior positions to understand that you don't always have to be a coder in order to be successful in this space. Um, mm. And that there's there's just there's lots of room for for originality and creativity and and uh, to work with really interesting people solving interesting problems. So how do you counsel somebody who's kind of in their mid career and they don't have a line of sight of um, where they're going within the company and not appreciating the culture and just not feeling valued? What what kind of advice? as a mentor, do you give to women like that in the tech industry to help inspire them to stay? So if they're not, if they're feeling like they're not a fit within a particular organization, I would actually help them to, I would see if I could help them to move to an organization that does fit their culture, but to, or where the culture actually fits them um, mm -hmm. better. Because 
There are lots and lots of different kinds of technology businesses here. You can find, you know, you can work in clean tech, or you can work in an oil and gas-based startup, or you can work in health. There's all sorts of, and there's, and there's lots of different businesses in each of those sectors. So if someone's not feeling good in one, I would really counsel them to, to try a different run, one rather than just saying, well, that's it, I don't want to be in tech altogether. There's too much possibility in it to just walk away from it. Savannah, you are also involved with uh, Virtual Guru, which uh, Bobby was one of our previous uh, guests as a strategic uh, partnership um, manager. And what can you share with us about uh, the growth potential that you see for uh, companies like Virtual Guru and Virtual Guru itself? So one of the reasons I joined with Virtual Gurus is because I think that there's a tremendous opportunity for them as, as companies start to figure out what they're doing with hybrid work and how do we all return to the office because some of us aren't going to return to the office full-time. There's a, a really interesting possibility for large organizations to start to have some of their administrative functions completely off-site to bring more diversity into their, into their organizations by leveraging organizations such as virtual, virtual gurus who make such a, you know, they have such a great investment and interest in bringing diverse audiences into the workforce in a remote manner, I think it can end up being a really great uh, partnership you know, for, for virtual gurus and any large organization that wants to, to experiment with this kind of thing. I mean, I think for, it's been so rewarding, honestly, to see the tech sector in Calgary really start to, to expand, to really start to move. This is a great place to do business, uh, actually, from which to do business in the United States. Um, and I think it's one of those, uh, it's, it, that's one of the things that I think tech companies here need to think about is that this is a great entry point into the, into the U.S. We have a great big market next to us. We have lots of good ideas and lots of talented people. There's no reason why we can't make tech really the next big thing in Calgary. Can you expand on that a little bit with, uh, as an entrepreneur, you've decided to do business in Calgary and what Calgary has to offer to entrepreneurs? Well, as I say, particularly in the, in the last couple of years, we've seen so much growth and support. I think uh, organizations like Platform Calgary, Alberta Innovates, uh, Creative Destruction Lab, we have, we have some great accelerators. We do have some access to government funding. We have a pretty active excuse me, Angel Investment Network. Uh, and there's more and more interest coming from venture capitalists in the United States as people as go through this whole democratization of, of both of talent and of capital, as people have access to things because of this, this huge swing over to remote work and remote events. Like now it's so much more possible for me, no matter where I am, to reach someone in Silicon Valley or in Boston or wherever I need to. So place in terms of needing to be in a place such as Silicon Valley, I think that's become less necessary. You can actually, you can say, okay, I'd like to be in a place that is, you know, that's clean where, you know, despite all of the complaining, taxation is not as bad in Alberta as it is in some <laughs> other places. Um, there's, there's lots of really good things about living here. And the more you travel, the more you realize that Canada is a pretty great place. And Calgary is a pretty great place within Canada. It really is both from a sort of, as I say, if you have a family, there's access to education and good things and, and nice things to do outside. 
Uh, we have a tremendously low downtown downtown occupancy rate. So you've got access to cheap office space if you want it. Yeah, yeah that's true. Awful, <laughs> there's lots of there's lots of good things here, and uh, if you want to kind of a do, really, do we have the talent? Do we have the talent here? I think I think we can continue to grow the talent and to attract the talent. I think we do have quite a lot of talent here, and I'm kind of surprised that. Um, We, we probably could do a much better job of outreach to those people who have been displaced out of the oil and gas industry to help to bring them into, into a tech, more of a technology-based career. We have mechanical mm-hmm. engineers and electrical engineers and all sorts of people who, I mean, the only people who, I mean, even, even petro, petrochemical engineers, you know, there are organizations that are working on solving problems in the oil and gas industry. Um, so not working for one of the larger organizations, but going to smaller, smaller organizations and applying what you know from those environments. Um, I, would, I would actually almost say solving problems rather than creating them. <laughs> oh, I like that. Savannah, thank you so much. What a pleasure. It's been a real pleasure talking to you guys. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank well, you. We're excited to see where Radley Robots goes, and I know we'll be following virtual gurus because they're just taking over. I know. We're really <laughs> looking forward to the ride. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Savannah Radley joining us today. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is sponsored in part by Canadian Western Bank. Obsessed with your success. It's time to partner with a bank that sees the world the same way you do. Visit cwbank.com.